GameZillaMedia.com. It's time for the last action podcast. Pop quiz, hot shot. Hey, motherfucker. I feel the need. The need for speed. Kill it. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Come with me if you want to live. Welcome to this week's episode of the Last Action Podcast. I am LPJ, and I am joined by the... Screw it, Joe's here. What do you, what do you, like, this is the second week in a row where you haven't called me Hovercraft Joe. I mean, Hovercraft like, I took Joe. So, Hovercraft I took, Joe is here. I took so long to figure out what my name was going to be for the podcast, and now you're just calling me Joe? I can, I can Come shorten on. it to HJ Joe. That is, <laughs> please don't. That is a real, that is a real spitting in the face of all those Hovercraft enthusiasts out there. We haven't so, had a movie with a Hovercraft in so long. Not that long. There was hovercrafts technically in the second Matrix movie. Um, oh, I suppose. But anyways, <sighs> that's neither here nor there. Sorry. <laughs> Thanks for that. Uh, <laughs> we are joined by friend of the show, returning guest, AJ. Thank you for having me again. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for... Uh, I, I, I love how this. game you are to just like have me pick a movie and you show up. Like, well, I, I, I was going to say, like, I feel like every time we have AJ on, like, in the episode, we're like, hey, next time you're on, we're going to let you pick the movie and we'll do whatever you want to do. And then, like, he never gets to pick the movie. And it's never, like, have you been on for anything that was considered, like, a really good movie? Or do you got to get, like, these, like, like... You did. I remember you did the weird Jean Claude Van Damme, Dennis Rodman one with us. You did um, Tango and Cash. Yep. Were you on the Demolition Man one? I was there for Demolition Man, which had surprisingly <laughs> less demolition than expected. Yep, that's fair. So, so I'm here to say it now. Next time, maybe you get to pick the movie. <laughs> I, I appreciate. I it. offered this time, and he's like, "No, you just pick." A hundred percent LPJ offered me to pick uh-huh. it, and I was like, "Nah, dude, you got it, man." All right, fair I, enough. I so haven't what, let him down yet, right? So, LPJ, what what are we doing? This is we're into your theme of the season, trying to get me to quit the podcast. What what are we talking about tonight? We are talking about the nineteen eighty eight classic action Jackson with Carl Weathers. Um, and I guess, why don't you start off, uh, LBJ, and kind of tell us if you have any experience with this movie, your background in it. Um, I saw parts of this movie, like, on HBO at one point, you know, in the early 90s. Um, it, it, but it's one of those movies that I've always wanted to see, but for whatever reason, just never saw the whole thing. Like, because mm-hmm. it's it's... I don't know. It's one of those kind of not forgotten, but I would say relatively forgotten action movies. Like not a lot. It's not a, it's not a big name. You know, Carl Weathers is a big name actor and he was big right. in the eighties, but this is kind of his really only big uh, standalone action film where he's the main star of it. Um, right. 
So I, it's just one of those movies I've always been intrigued by and always wanted to do. But this is really the first time I've sat down and watched the whole thing start to finish. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I had heard of this movie before. Like, I knew it was a thing. I knew it was a Carl Weathers movie, but I I never seen any of it or really knew anything about it. Uh, you told me we were we were going to do it on the podcast. I now own it uh, because it fell into that rule where if a movie is only a couple dollars more than to buy it than to rent it, I just buy it. Uh, so now I own Action Jackson. Uh, it is in my uh, digital video library. Uh, what about you, uh, AJ? I, I, Joe, I appreciate the fact that you do. I do the same thing when it's like that close, you know. I remember yeah. one time being over at someone's house and I can't remember what it was. And it was the situation where it's like three ninety nine to rent it or like four ninety nine to own it. And yeah. I went for the rental and I was, I don't know, like, should I have like maybe mentioned dude? It's like oh, <laughs> you own it, you know? Cause like I'm I'm with you like principle of the thing, you know. It's like, I don't yeah. know, dude, even if I'm never gonna watch it again. Yeah, I can own well, it though. Look, like, it's another one for the library, right? And it's well, only like yeah, a buck, and, you know? and plus, in my opinion, because everyone everyone knows, I talk about it all the time. When I watch movies for the podcast, I never watch them in one sitting. I always break them up. And when I rent a movie for the podcast, it's a ticking time clock. Like it's like I got to get it watched before the rental expires. But when I buy it, I can watch it at my leisure. But it always seems to be the movies, like the movies that I own for this podcast. It's like action jackson i own wheels on meals like i own i own uh showdown on little tokyo which i actually like but i own that one i think the most like notable movie that i own for podcast purposes is like cliffhanger um but a lot of times it's like the ones where it's like i'm never gonna watch this again uh but i own it so anyways sorry i didn't mean to step on your uh intro to the movie no, I uh, well, I appreciate you sharing, and yeah, I'm I'm with you, man. So I'm glad we can relate on that. But yeah, like you were saying, to try and get back to where we were at with like my experience, zero experience, never heard of it before, <laughs> none. But I'm, but like, that's the beauty of it, right? Because like I never would have known about this before, and then LPJ's like, "What about Action Jackson?" I'm like, "Sure, man, I'm into it." I had to specify, like, <laughs> the Action Jackson from 1988 with Carl Weathers, not the one from 2014. <laughs> yeah, I was a little confused by that, too. Oh, guys, just a heads up, a little uh, addendum. I also own Tremors and Spawn from the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> just want to throw that out there. But um, So we're all kind of Action Jackson virgins in a way, I guess. Sort of, yeah. Can I ask um, a question about Carl? Or yeah. do you ask about Carl later? Yes, no. Uh, you could ask now if you want, yeah. Like, action star tier list, where does Carl fall? God, that's a good question because he's kind of always been, like, he's never been top build. He's always, he's always at best, second build. Like, even in the Rocky movies, he's always second build. Um, but he, but he's, yeah, he's in, in such the- big action movies. Yeah, he's in some classic movies, but he's never the main character, like Predator and stuff like that. So it's it's hard, I guess, to place him. It's weird. He's uh, this is a weird question to ask right out of the bat, but he's still alive, correct? Yeah, he was just in uh, Mandalorian. Mandalorian, right? Oh, he's in the Mandalorian. Yeah. yeah duh. Well, why? I'm surprised he wasn't in one of the Expendables movies. I'm surprised too. Maybe he turned it down. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm. I mean, I figure like him and Stallone are probably some kind of friendly, at least. You'd think. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's neither here nor there. Okay. So this movie is released on February 12th, 1988. 
Uh, it has a budget of $70 million, and it goes on to gross $20 million. So uh, it, it makes some money. Not, not it has a bunch of how much? Success. Seven million dollars. Oh, because yeah. I have yeah. I have a box office of sixty five million. That's probably what worldwide. Oh, yeah, I can only find the domestic gross, so okay. um, that's probably the worldwide number. So, <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes is not kind to this movie. One of the lower Rotten Tomatoes I feel like we've ever seen is thirteen percent for this movie, and the uh, audience score is only thirty two percent for this movie. Okay. So, not a lot of love for. Action Jackson among the critics and the fans. Uh, top grossing movies of 1988. Interesting collection for the top three. You have number one, Rain Man. Number two, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. And number three, Coming to America. Uh, this movie, Action Jackson, comes in number 49th in the domestic box office. And other movies that we have done on the podcast are it's actually... Gotta be, it's got to be a lot. No, that's the thing. 1988 is a weird year where like 89, 90, 91 is huge for us. This one, we've only done two other movies in 1988. And oddly enough, they're two movies that I was not on episodes for. Number seven, Die Hard and number 14, Willow. That's wow. it. Yeah. It's like, I feel like 88 to like 92, like I, they get all mixed together. So I think we think like a lot, but like 88, we just haven't done a lot of movies. Yet. That's so crazy. This is my first 1988 movie on the podcast. Well, congratulations. Yeah, well, it's a bummer I miss Die Hard, and I'm happy I miss Willow, so I guess it all evens out. <laughs> wow. Uh, <laughs> I don't like Willow. I'm sorry. I'm not the tush. I don't think it's a good movie. Um, okay, so let's talk about the cast of this movie. Uh, obviously, we mentioned Carl Weiser, Carl Weathers. Carl Weathers playing Action Jackson. I love that the main villain in this movie, uh, Peter Delaplane, is played by Craig T. Nelson of Coach fame. That's how I remember him. I mean, uh-huh. he was in other stuff, but Coach. Um, and then Sharon Stone plays Patrice Delaplane. Uh, and then our, our old buddy uh, Bill Duke is in this. I, I'm just seeing now that his name is Captain Armbu- Arm. Oh, it's Arm Bruster. I thought it said Arm Buster. And I was like, <laughs> that's a great name. Um, and and I, you're going to talk about these people. The only other person that I'm going to mention is uh, Robert Davi is in this playing uh, Tony Moretti. That's kind of a small role. So yep. who would you like to talk about? LBJ? Well, you got Vanity as Sidney Ash. Um, Vanity's big. Vanity well, was big, I should say. She was like uh, handpicked by Prince to open for him uh, for one of his okay. big tours. So she kind of toured with him all over the place. Um, <clears throat> let's see. You've got um, you said Robert Davi already. Uh, there's a bunch of people in here that were in Die Hard. So like Deborah White, who is Argyle. In Die Hard, the, the the limo driver, he's in this as Clovis. A um, bunch of other uh, uh, character actors. Al Long always shows up in these movies. He's the Asian the the, the Asian gangster, Asian thug. Um, the mom from the Goonies, okay. Mary oh, Ellen yeah, Trainer, yeah, yeah. is in this. Uh, and uh, <laughs> here's a great one. Uh, Sonny Landham's in this too. Um, but here's oh, a great one he? for you, Joe. Yeah, Sonny Landham's in this. He has like a quick appearance. He's not. Okay. Yeah. Uh, uh, Miguel Nunez is in this. Miguel Nunez is DJ from the Street Fighter movie. 
Uh, I've never seen the Street Fighter movie, so. What? <laughs> You've never seen Street Fighter? Oh, I am adding I've that to the some, list. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but I've never seen, I never sat down and watched the whole thing. I think I tried to sit down and watch the whole thing once, and I was like, this is fucking terrible, and I never went back to it. All right. All right. We're definitely doing that movie now. Um, yeah. I'm, we had to twist your arm to get you to do a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. I know, sure. really. Uh, but there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> bunch of character actors in this that show up in a lot of Joel Silver's movies. Because we should mention this is produced by Joel Silver, and the whole kind of concept of this movie came together on the set of Predator when... Carl Weathers and, and Joel Silver were kind of sitting around talking about how much they like black exploitation films. And uh, so they came up with this idea and um, hired a writer to write it for him. And that's kind of where the whole thing started. Um, is it one of the situations uh, you guys want to do you... a... Go ahead, AJ. Oh, go ahead. Is it one of the situations where you associate it more like with one of the producers as opposed to like the writer or the director? Yeah, definitely. This is definitely because I have no idea who this, like this director. I yeah, mean, I, I don't really know. I never heard of him before. The writer, okay. I had never heard of before. He doesn't even have a. I am. He doesn't even have a Wikipedia entry. The writer. Like, what's oh, some geez. other stuff that Joel Silver produced that I should definitely know about? Oh, Joel Silver. Yeah. Man, he's done like everything. He's done Die Hard. He did uh, Lethal Weapon. He did. Uh, like Last Boy Predator. Scout, Demolition Man, Assassins. He's done, um, God, what else? Uh, Romeo Must Die, The Matrix. Um, didn't he do, uh, oh, is it, where is that? Uh, most recent thing he did was like, uh, what's, what's a good most recent thing he's done? I don't know. Entourage. <laughs> he, he's got his... He's got his hands in a lot of things. He does. Like, he's kind of commando he did, uh, 48 Hours. He's sort oh, of yeah. the direct, the producer that kind of helped invent the action film genre. Nice. Um, okay, you guys want to do a couple net worths here? You yes. Do, like, you don't have a choice. I don't, I don't, I don't know choice. why I always it's ask. Part, you always ask, I don't, yeah. and then you go and do it anyway. I ask. Yeah, I, I pose it as a question, but you don't have a choice. You got to do it. Okay, you, let's you start with. Yeah, let's start with Sharon Stone, LPJ. She's got that sweet, sweet basic instinct money. What do you think about Sharon Stone? Oh, she's got that sweet, sweet. Just did an episode of Murderville on Netflix. Money. Um, Ooh, that was a good show. It was a good show. I like that show. Uh, I'm gonna go sixty million. Okay, what do you think, AJ? For Sharon, I don't really think I have a very good read, so I'm going to stay close to LPJ, and I'll try to do the optimism thing, so I'll go 75. <laughs> uh, LPJ, right on the button, $60 million for Sharon Stone. Nice. Super fan. Uh, next up, uh, AJ, we'll start with you. Uh, Craig T. Nelson, I don't know, he's got that sweet, sweet coach money. That's <laughs> I know him from coach and this. Is he, so. is he Mr. Incredible? Yeah. Uh, oh yeah, that's right. He's got that Incredibles money. He's the voice of Mister Incredible. Good call, AJ. Uh, no, and that's like the main thing that I would know him from. So you know him from Coach. I know him like it's kind of Mister Incredible. I feel like that's my name. <laughs> um, association. So I, I mean, so what do you doing, think? Like, he's doing like some Disney and Pixar stuff. Obviously, dude's been around a while and been working a while. 
I feel like if I pulled him up, he's probably been in way more stuff than I realize. Again, I want to be optimistic. <laughs> it's it's probably... I'll go 90. 90 mil. 90 million? Well, I feel okay. like that's a what lot. What do you think, LPJ? I'm going to go, I'm gonna go less than... I'm going to go a lot less than that. I don't think... I think he's done a lot of stuff, but I don't think he's been... I don't think the Pixar money is really bringing in that much for him. I'm going to go yeah. 20 million. Oof. Too high and too low. $50 million for right. Craig D. Nelson. Okay, in, in the uh, middle. Yeah. And then uh, finally, Carl Weathers, as we discussed earlier, he's got that sweet, sweet uh, Mandalorian money. In that first season, remember when he tells uh, Baby Yoda to do the magic hand thing? Yeah. Uh, such a great line. Uh, so what do you think, uh, LPJ, for Carl Weathers? Uh, I'm going to go $30 million. Okay. AJ? So, so, so our boy Craig was just at 50? Yep. Uh, Craig T. Nelson had $50 million. Sharon Stone at 60. Carl Weathers. I'll get my guess of 75, and again, I'll say 75. You guys all overshot it. $8 million for Carl Weathers. Wow, really? That seems, that's criminal. Hey. It's criminal, but based on our last episode, it's enough to become Batman a couple times over. So that's fair. That's fair. What, what was the example of somebody <laughs> that became Batman a couple times over with a low net worth? Oh no no! Uh, they well, figured out our, that they in the last. Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, in the last episode, last week's episode, Batman Begins, we talked about it, and there was a stat where somebody like crunched the numbers, and in order to like invest in all the gear and all the stuff that he has to become Batman, it would cost you like three point five million dollars. <laughs> so. Really? Yeah. That's my new. That's my new. Ba- that's my new baseline for judging people's net worth on this show, <laughs> whether or not they could become Batman. Um, okay. So we, this director Craig R. Baxley. There's apparently nothing about him? Question mark. I mean, I feel like I saw. Was there a thing called Dark Angel that he did? And I was going to ask you guys about it. I feel like I sketched that down because it looked like it was an action movie. Dark Angel. I don't know. It's it's from 1990. It's got Dolph Lundgren in it. It look it, the the poster looked kind of lit, so I just thought I'd ask you guys about. It. But obviously, if you guys don't know about it, I mean, you guys have been doing the cast for how long and watched however many movies? So yeah, I got nothing. Oh, it's probably I, I, I'm looking at. I'm looking at this. Yeah, it's uh, he did do. He did, I'm looking at the poster, and you're right. He he directed this movie, Dark Angel. It does look like a pretty cool poster. He also directed yeah, some movie lit, called right? Stone Cold. Isn't that a bright? That, I think Stone yeah, Cold Brian Bosworth. Brian Bosworth movie. It is 100 percent Brian Bosworth. Yeah, he he must be some kind of stunt guy because he has 98 so. credits for stunts. Yeah, 98 oh, yeah. credits for stunts. He began he did his a lot of stunts a, for. He began his career as a stunt performer. He did a lot of stunts for the Dukes of Hazard and the A Team. So, <laughs> all right, he's got that going for him. So, um, and then the writer is Robert Renault. I, I, I don't have anything about him. Nope. Um, and then the music by this is interesting because you have our old friend, Michael Kamen, who does music for like all the, a lot of these classic action, like late eighties, early nineties movies, right? Like he, it, am I remembering correctly that he's the lethal weapon music guy? Yeah. Lethal weapon, die hard. No. He does, anything Joel Silver works on, he does the music for. 
And then the odd part of this is that the also the music's done by uh, Herbie Hancock. So you have Herbie Hancock and Michael Kamen doing the music. And there's like a Herbie Hancock song that's featured at the beginning and the end of this movie, if I remember correctly. Correct. Which I should, because I just finished watching it, like, I don't know, a couple hours before we recorded this. Oh, really? You watched it that recently? <laughs> well, I, I I broke it up. I finished watching it after work today, like the last, like, half hour or so. Right. I know it was only an hour and a half movie, but I get so distracted, and it's su- such a labor-intensive thing to take notes sometimes that I just, like, I gotta, like, break it up, so. All right. You have taglines? Um, okay. Oh, I do have the taglines. They're, they're not great. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, there's two of them. The first one is, it's time for action. All right. Okay. This, oh, next, okay. this next one, this next one is, is not good. Uh, name, Jericho Jackson. Nickname, action. Home, Detroit. Profession, cop. Education, Harvard Law. Hobby, fighting crime. Weapon, you're looking at him. That's not good. How's how's the length on that? It's too much. <laughs> it's not it's, it's too it's much. It's not snappy, that's for sure. But we should mention that this movie does take place in Detroit, where you know, we're we're not we're not in the city of Detroit, but we're all around the city it, of Detroit. You know, so and not only like in Detroit, like they actually filmed parts of it in Detroit. So like I recognized there were locations they were at that I recognized. Yeah, I felt like watching it, I was like, some of it, I was like, okay, some of this looks like it could be Detroit, and then some of it, I was like, that doesn't look like no, Detroit no, at no. all. Like, I, it there was were, filmed. There were some scenes. Oh, God. It, it was filmed partially in Detroit, but mostly in LA. Mm. Okay. I was going to say, because some of the scenes on the street where I'm like, that's not a street in downtown Detroit, but they definitely got like, like it, the opening is really cool, though, because this movie is heavily tied into like the auto industry which is why it takes place in Detroit, but you get the shot of all like the Ford and the Chrysler and like the uh, Renson yeah. and like all stuff. It's like, it, it is kind of cool. All those establishing shots, you know, that they probably went to Detroit for like three days and filmed all this stuff and threw it at the beginning. But um, it, it is kind of a, do you think that primarily the reason this movie takes place in Detroit is because of the, I mean, obviously because of the automotive like well, and, angle of the movie. And Joel Silver is from Detroit. Who's that? Joel What's Silver's that? from Detroit. Oh, I did not know that. Did he do Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah. Is that him? Yeah. Okay. Well, that makes sense then, too. Oh, nice. Oh, no. Well, scratch it. No. Silver mind. wasn't. I apologize. No. Silver was not from Detroit. It was. Um... <laughs> no, no, no. It's the other one. It's. it's, it's uh... I can't think of his name now. Jerry Bruckheimer. Yeah, He's a, from this... Detroit. Sorry. Yeah. You know, this this is an embarrassing mistake nope, for you. That was bad. You, bad. Might, you might have to you might I have might, to quit I the might podcast. Actually edit, I might actually edit the podcast now. <laughs> so that's the that's the no, beauty no of will. that's the beauty of being the uh, the 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 editor of the podcast is I can take out whatever I want. Yeah, You'll never hear this. The fans will never hear this. They'll never hear that mistake. Sure. It's never going to happen. No one believes it. Um, <laughs> all right, does. You're not going to edit. Um, do either of you have anything you want to mention before we uh, start talking about the plot of this movie? Um, not really. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess uh, maybe like to, to rewind a little, like when we started, you know, and it was like the like how does Carl kind of like tear as an action star, you know? Oh yeah. I don't know. It, it wouldn't be a way to like form it as a question. 
I guess like walking into this, like maybe I could say, let's say like it was like 1988 when this film was released and this is getting like marketed. If people are seeing that Carl Weathers is like the lead in an action movie, how do you guys think that would have been like for a draw at that point in time? Like would people have seen that and be like, dude, like Carl's like getting like his own thing going on at 88. Like I need to be at the theater for it. I don't think think he was like that big of a deal. No, I don't think it would have been. And I think it, it just has to do with, you know, kind of the way the world was then. Like, you know, I, I don't think, as much as I hate to say it, a, a, I don't think 1988 was ready for a black action star to lead his own hmm. film. Um, but you could put somebody like Eddie Murphy, who's a black comedian in, in the lead of a movie and people will go see it in droves. I mean, look at Beverly Hills cop. Um, I think it's just, I think it's just a sign of the times. If you were to do it now, I think it'd be totally fine, you know, mm-hmm. but then is 88, it, not so much. Is it a silly question to ask when Beverly Hills cop was Beverly Hills cop was 84, 80. I was going to say, I think it's, I think the original is 84. Yeah. yeah I think it's 84. Okay. I, I appreciate your insight and the context. Thank you. Sure. Um, okay. So action Jackson, as we said, this movie takes place in Detroit. It starts off with like uh, this guy's office and he's meeting with the secretary and these dudes like swing in through the windows on ropes. Uh, and they're kind of like disappearing all over the place and showing up. And I have a note that says, are these guys ninjas? Like I can't quite figure it out. Well, um, no, no, Oh, go ahead. If they're going to swing in and break all the windows and stuff, why bother disappearing at that point? You've already <laughs> you've already made your appearance known. Like, what's the point of disappearing? That's, that's these guys are very confusing because they want to portray them as like ninjas who sneak around, but then they end up killing this guy by blowing him up with a grenade launcher at close range, and he like blows out the window yeah. and like falls out the building on fire. So it's like, ah, make up your mind. If you're ninjas, you do stuff stealthy. If you're going to blow a guy up with like a grenade launcher from like a couple feet away, like that's not stealthy. No. Um, yeah. I wrote my notes. I okay. like how over the top they were. I just oh. feel like they're really extra yeah. about everything. And like, you're, like, about- making the point, like we, we got to go in through the windows and like, we got to use the grenade launcher, <laughs> even though it's point like, point like, like range, you know, and I'm sure we'll get into it later, but I feel like that trend continues for them. As the film goes on, <laughs> that's a great description. Like, that's a great adjective. They are very extra. <laughs> like, there's, there's just, and there's such a weird, diverse group of people too. Like, they don't. None of them seem to do the same thing. Like, they don't seem like a cohesive unit. They they're quiet sometimes, and then the rest of the time they're like, you know, blowing people through windows. <laughs> it's so bizarre and and i and i still don't like we'll get to it in a little bit here but i still don't like the barber that tells him all the information i like was trying to pay attention i still don't understand what this unit of people is like the invisible something or whatever i don't know uh i don't know okay so they blow him out of the grenade launcher with the grenade launcher seems like overkill uh, then we get like the opening credits, and like we said, that's where you get all the shots of Detroit. You get a people mover sighting, like lots of fun stuff. Um, it, the opening of this movie was very weird to me because it's like the cops pick up this dude who is like trying to steal a purse, and I can't figure out what this guy, the, the dude they pick up is like. Is he supposed to be like, like challenged or what? Like I don't, I don't know what his deal is. 
But they, like, pick him up, and, like, on the way, they're, like, telling him all these tales about, like, Action Jackson and, like, all these, like, basically tall tales and stuff, like, about him. And, like, it's a it was a weird opening, right? Like, it was weird. Yeah, it, that they it's didn't, odd. It, oh, it, we, we it should probably mention it's Tom Wilson from uh, – Tom F. Wilson from um, uh, Back to the Future. In it. It's Biff from Back to the Future. Oh, the cop, the other cop. Okay, yeah. I thought that guy looked kind of familiar. Um, here's a side note. I once, for a work event, went to uh, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle yeah. in uh, Royal Oak, and one of the comedians that performed was Biff from Back to the Future. Did he play his guitar and play the song about uh, all the questions people ask him about uh, Back to the Future? Uh, he did not when I saw him that time. Oh, okay. But, um, Anyways, is that, like, is so, that like what he does for a living now? Yeah, he's still an actor, yeah, I guess. but that he primarily does that kind of stuff. Oh, okay. So uh, they bring this guy to the police station to like, like, oh, we're, you're going to meet Action Jackson, and then like they bring him in, and there's like these, there's like this, they're trying to book this hooker, and the cops start talking to the hooker, and then the hooker <laughs> kicks the cop in the dick, which you know is a recurring theme of this podcast: getting kicked in the dick. Uh, so then the guy takes off and he starts running around the precinct, which I don't know how he thinks he's going to get out of this precinct. And then he like runs right into Action Jackson's desk and like we're introduced to Carl Weathers and he like stands up and like the dude like passes out. Right. Like, am I remember? Yeah, he's right? like he realizes it's Action Jackson. Here's all these stories. And he gets so scared that he passes out. And does right. Action Jackson tell him to mellow out? I think so. Yeah, I think he does tell him to mellow out. Yeah. yeah. Um. And, and then we get a little background on <laughs> Action Jackson. He was a he was a high school track star <laughs> who went on to get his Harvard Law degree and then became a cop. <laughs> yeah. But what? Like, I understand they want to show he's like, he's a smart guy. But like, why, why a Harvard Law degree? And then he decided to become a Detroit police officer. Like, I don't understand. And I feel like the law degree only comes up twice when they mention that he has one. And then he's at that party and he's like talking to the guy about like a, a case. And he's like, well, actually, like, blah, blah, blah. But like, I don't know. Like, I guess they just wanted to be like, uh, like, he's, but like, I guess and maybe now is as good a time as any to bring it up. But like this movie definitely knows what it's doing. Like, it's not taking itself too seriously right like it's supposed to be kind of tongue-in-cheek i feel like right i think you're right i think it's got that it's it's got a little bit of a comedy vibe to it um it's just kind of weird it's kind of clunky the way they do it sometimes right i don't think they necessarily pull it off successfully the whole movie but i definitely think that this movie knows what it's doing and trying to be a little like winky winky like hey we're we're kind of like purposely playing this over the top and kind of being ridiculous like yeah to a certain i think so extent. too I, that's what i think which makes kind of sense that if they were trying to like make like kind of like a modern or at the time like a modern like black black exploitation film like they were trying to kind of like get that vibe so yeah, i kind of, I kind I of understand that to a certain extent yep um and then, like, okay, so we learn about him being a lawyer. We learn about that he used to be a lieutenant, and then he lost his stripes, uh, and he he was knocked down to being a sergeant. And it was this like big ordeal with this guy uh, Peter Delafane, who Delaplane. is Frankie Nelson Delaplane. Sorry, 
and his son and like he went after his son and and all this stuff and like uh craig t nelson i just have him as coach in my notes so like coach was so powerful that like even though his son got arrested he got he got uh Action Jackson like bumped down to being a sergeant and like I think he lost his like he couldn't carry a gun anymore and he's kind of like basically kicked down to desk duties what I understood from it. Right? Yeah, and his marriage collapsed and all that stuff. Yeah. And like, then, like, like, uh, like he ruined the, his life essentially. Right. And and Bill Duke is the guy playing his captain. And then like <laughs> It's so dumb because he's like, and then he's like, hey, listen, uh, coach is getting the award for like man of the year and I can't go to it. So I'm going to send you to this event, even though I know you guys have like this bad blood and you hate him and he ruined your career. Like, I didn't quite understand that uh, yeah, what, part of it. Wouldn't he send like his next lieutenant? Like you'd send the second in, if the first in command can't be there, then you'd send the second in command, maybe not just some random sergeant, desk duty, you know, a cop, or you just send like anybody unless, else, anybody else that didn't have that didn't have bad blood with the guy and hate the guy. Yeah, unless I'm trying, unless like if I'm trying to rationalize it, unless he was kind of like, hey, listen, I want to see that you move past this, so I'm going to make you go mm. to the event. And see if you can go there and not cause a scene, and like maybe, maybe that was the thinking. Maybe I'm giving the movie too much credit. No, maybe, maybe that that could be thinking. it. So he goes to the event. Uh, he uh, has an exchange with a uh, very super young Sharon Stone. I don't know how old Sharon Stone was in this movie, but like she looks so young in this movie. This had yeah. to be like maybe one of the first things she did. Uh, and she's like uh, Coach's wife. Uh, and him and uh, Action Jackson and Coach, they have like kind of a tense exchange of words there at the event. Um, and then, then we're cut to another scene where there's another guy on a, on a boat and those dudes, the not ninjas, ninjas <laughs> kill him on the boat. But like, they, you know what, like AJ seriously had the perfect explanation for these guys because they are very extra because they blow up the boat. But they just don't blow up the boat. They bust into the guy's office and handcuff a, like, briefcase onto his arm. And he opens the briefcase and there's a bomb in the briefcase. And then it explodes and destroys the yacht. And it's like, why did you have to handcuff it to his arm? Yeah. And that's after they murdered everybody else on board. Right, right. When, like, they were going right. to blow the whole boat up anyway. But, yeah, they need to, like, take their lives and, like, look in their eyes or whatever when they're taking their soul. It, like, it was a lot. You could have just, just played a lot. Um, you, you definitely did need to put it in a briefcase and handcuff the briefcase to the guy's arm. Um, so I did write okay. down the I, I like uh, the one of them like throws knives. I don't know why that stuck out to me. But they, they have like a yeah. throwing knife guy like in their squad. Like unless we said I don't, it doesn't really add up to me. You know, you're blowing stuff up, you're throwing knives, you're riding away <laughs> yeah, in the boat, looking well, all cool. That together. was a thing. Like um, they had they they had this like special knife maker go in and make this knife. It's the same guy that made knives for Predator and there's another movie that he did. But like I guess Joel Silver liked it, liked the way this guy could make knives and like, oh we'll have to make a knife for uh for Action Jackson too. <laughs> um so uh next uh, Action Jackson goes to see Robert Davi. Robert Davi is, if I'm understanding right, was someone that he went to school with and was on the track team with them. So they were kind of friends. Yeah. But then he got a job working for the union. And that's kind of where we learn that all these people that are getting killed are part of the auto workers like association, like the auto They're workers like union, union boss in Detroit. Yeah. 
union bosses in Detroit, right? So he goes to see Robert Davi. Robert Davi is kind of like freaking out. He hasn't slept and he's all worried because all these people – basically – all the people that aren't on the side of coach are getting bumped off. So he thinks that he's going to be like the next one to get bumped off. Right. Um, then we get to a scene uh, where <laughs> coach is at this club watching vanity perform. Um, and, and then we get what I think is a boner joke because <laughs> she comes over and it's like, Oh, no applause. He's like, Oh, you're getting a standing ovation. And I'm oh, like, is that a boner joke? That's a hundred percent boner joke. Okay, so it's a boner joke. Um, then we cut back to Robert Davi. He gets murdered by one of the silent, the invisible crew. I can't remember what their name is. Because uh, he's like, oh, I got a package for you. And then he just shoots them. Um, so Coach and Vanity go to Vanity's house. And, like, I think they go to the Bone Zone. But she's also a drug addict. So he, like, gives her, like, uh, some drugs. Um, and then... Uh, they, oh, they, they, they definitely went to the Bone Zone. Okay, so Action Jackson shows up at a restaurant where uh, Coach is eating with the president of the auto yes. uh, union, I think, and just like shows him a dead picture of Robert yeah. Davi and is like, <laughs> <laughs> which is like, uh, okay, I guess like whatever. I don't know if he's trying to get him to confess or whatever, but it, it doesn't really do anything, right? No. Then we, then we get a scene of uh, Coach practicing martial arts. Which is, I think, just so later on when him and Carl Weathers fight. So we're not like, come on, Carl Weathers isn't going to have a problem fighting coach. So they have to show us like a two-minute scene of him doing like karate and like beating this guy up. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm not buying it, though. I'm not, I'm not buying coaches and martial artists like that. <laughs> no, there's, me, there's, me there's, either. He's, 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 he's very shirt and tie, you know. It's, it, it, it was weird so- to me. It was throwing me off. And his martial arts is so kick focused. Like all he was doing was kicks. Even in that fight with Carl Weathers at the end, like they're a punch in there, dude. You're like, I'm pretty sure um, they only used kicks so that, to make sure they didn't show the head of the uh, stuntman that was clearly doing all those moves. <laughs> that is a good point, uh, LPJ. I didn't think about that. Um, then we get some uh, naked Sharon Stone for no apparent reason because this is like a late '80s. Uh, we also get some like vanity nudity, which so it's like it's in it's a late eighties action movie, so they're like, well, we gotta. I'm like, even if we don't need to, we gotta throw some nudity in this movie just because. Um, so like Sharon Stone overhears one of coaches like guys like on the phone talking about basically all the murders that happened, and they talk about like Action Jackson, and then like Action Jackson just shows up at the house to talk to her. I guess. Yeah, they were going to try and use her to uh, inform on uh, Coach. Okay. Because cause they go to, like, a bar, and she kind of tells them everything that she overheard. And then they go to leave, and, like, they almost get run over by a cab. And the cab's driven by the guy that uh, killed Robert Davi. Right. So there's, like, so Action Jackson chases after this cab on foot. And he, like, catches up to it. And then, like, the guy's going to shoot him. And he, like, talks him out of shooting him. And then he drives the car at him. And if I remember this correctly, he does a standing, like, front flip over yes. the cab as it drives at him, right? That's exactly what happens. Like, he just jumps <laughs> and flips over the truck over the car. <laughs> I feel like he doesn't even run. It just drives at him. And he just standing jumps and flips over a cab. Um, yep. And then it uh, it crashes into a car, a building, and the driver gets away. Um, uh, 
so after this action jackson goes it's funny in my notes because i didn't feel like writing action jackson it just says aj in my notes all this time because i didn't feel like writing action jackson uh he goes to the club he watches vanity perform like an entire song she performs like i feel like that was part of getting her in the movie they're like listen you can sing a whole song because it's like a five minute sequence where she's performing a whole like song and dance routine. It's a lot. What kind of um, club is that place too? Cause she's clearly wearing a see-through top. Obviously it's not, <laughs> not a terribly classy place. No, I don't, I don't know. That's never clear. And then I'm like, well, does coach like own this club or he just goes there and like, there's like a, she has a bodyguard, but the bodyguard works for coach. I don't know. I, there's a lot that I don't really understand about that whole kind of situation. Anyways, so while this goes on, Coach finds out that Sharon Stone told uh, Action Jackson about all this stuff, so he kills Sharon Stone. Um, Action Jackson has a conversation with uh, Vanity. They go for a drive. Then we find out, I think they're they're headed back to Action Jackson's place. I think you probably just call him Jackson if you want. All right, Jackson. They head back to Jackson's (laughs) place. Or or, or, uh, Action. You can call him Action if you want. No, I'm calling or, him Jackson. Or Jericho? You yeah. like Jer- oh, Jericho? Jericho, Jericho yeah. You call, you know, you so, call whatever you want, but I'm saying you don't have to always say Action Jackson if you don't want to. All right. Jer- you're not, not letting me down. Cool name, though. It is a good Jackson, name. I, Jackson, you know, Jackson. side note, uh, when we first started the podcast, I uh, tried to get <laughs> tried to get Sphinx to go along with this. I was going to call all the fans of the podcast Action Jacksons. <laughs> he was not having it. Oh, well, anyways, you know, I might might keep saying Action Jackson. Otherwise, you know, maybe you can run through the plot if you want to take over. Hey, you know, you know what? You're doing a great job. You do whatever you want. <laughs> so anyways, uh, Jackson, uh, I think they're going back to his apartment and they seize all these cops. So he gets kind of freaked out uh, and he listens on the radio. What he finds out, finds out is that Coach planted Sharon Stone's dead body in his apartment to make it look like he killed Sharon Stone. Yeah, I didn't right? catch that part. I didn't realize, like she was planted in his apartment. Like I, it, for some reason I'd never, I didn't catch on to that at first. Hmm. Yeah. So I was, so I spent get, the next gets... like 10 minutes of the movie. Like, why do they think he did it? Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> so they, they go to vanity's apartment <laughs> and like, uh, I guess they planted a bomb in there and then the bomb goes off when the answering machine does. I wasn't quite entirely sure how that worked. If it was tied to the phone or, or what I didn't, I didn't quite understand that. But so they leave her place and they go to a hotel <laughs> that's run by uh, Jackson's friend, <laughs> Kid Sable, who was like a former boxer. And his voice is unique. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't know how to describe his voice. Like it's like, a right? Like it's yeah. like a really low kind of like mumbly, kind of gravelly, got hit in the throat too many times kind of voice. Yeah. So they stay at this hotel overnight. Um, they go to leave. When they leave in the morning, like, how did uh, Jackson, I keep forcing myself to say that without the action part, he gets his wallet stolen by that guy. I don't know how he doesn't notice, but do you remember that guy steals the wallet? And he like looks at it and sees it's like a badge, and he's like, fuck a duck. Yeah. <laughs> he just throws it on the ground. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, okay. Now this... This whole next sequence of the movie, I would say, is the strangest part of the movie. They, He's like, hey, we're going to go try and talk to this, like, criminal informant I have. What's his name? Is like Papa Papa Doc. Yeah. 
so, so they go to this bar where they're like trying to look for Papa Doc. And he's like, hey, I'm, I want to talk to Papa Doc. And this guy's like, okay, I'll take you to him. Takes him to a back room, points to like a cupboard, tells him to open it up. He opens up the cupboard and there's a jar with a pair of testicles, a pair of balls in there. And he's like, those are Papa Doc's balls. And then like, I don't even know how to describe the next scene. Like the guys are kind of like have action Jackson. And they're like, why are you asking about Papa Doc? And they're like, he's like, I, where is he? And they're like, we're going to cut your balls off and put him in a jar with them. And then like vanity comes in and it's like, Hey, he's my brother. And he's got a metal plate in his head and he's crazy. And then like, he starts running around and like doing like religious stuff. And then he like beats the guys up. Like, I, I don't, I don't know how else to describe it. Can you guys help me out at all? I mean, that's it. It's it's just ridiculous. <laughs> that's really. By the way, that's where DJ is from Street Fighter. Oh, it's very weird. It's a very weird scene. Like, I it very. I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. Like, I don't know what those guys' deals were. I don't know why they cut off Papa Doc's balls. I don't know why they were gonna cut his balls off. Um, but he does beat them up. He beats them all up, which is pretty great. Um, is that the first okay. time that he uses the fisticuffs? Like the first time that I think like, so. Jackson gets to go hand to hand? Yeah, I think that's the first time, which is odd because that's like, I'm going to say at least 45 minutes into an hour and a half long movie yeah. before yeah. he actually like fights anyone. Because, yeah, no, you're right, AJ. He doesn't do any other, like he flips over the car and he chases some people down, but he, this is the first time that he actually like, there's any action people up and i feel like right. i put that in my notes it's like for action being in the title you know i feel like we're just getting to it but like joe said we were like at least halfway oh yeah, yeah. Through, then halfway if through. not a little more yeah because yeah. like it, it's definitely but i mean i don't know i feel like if you think about it this may be something for more final thoughts but like is it for this short a movie i feel like there's not that much action in it, which I know is kind of a weird thing to say for a movie called Action Jackson, but like, it's definitely very backloaded with, excuse me, with the action. Like, you're right. Mm-hmm. It's definitely at the end. So, okay. So, anyways, um, after Papa Doc, the whole Papa Doc thing, the uh, the the dude with the weird voice is like, "Hey, go to this barber shop and talk to D." And then he goes to talk to D, and she knows <laughs> so much. She tells him all about those assassins. She tells him all about Coach's operations and what Coach is doing and what he's going to be doing next. And it is literally not explained at all how she has all this information. It is wild. Yeah, that, well, that's the thing. That's like uh, like you uh, you go to the barbershop to get your information to talk gossip and to hear about what's going on in, you know, in the neighborhood. So that's that's just kind of part of the whole part of the whole like uh i yeah i mean i movie, get yeah. that but it's like i don't know how she had the information or knowledge that she had eh. so uh he gets back to the hotel vanity by the way vanity is a drug addict and she's been wanting to fix like this whole time so he gets back and i did like i did actually genuinely laugh at the little bit when like he can't find her and he goes down to talk to his buddy and he's like hey you got any drug dealers staying here and he's like Hey, this is like a classy operation. He kind of looks at him. He's like, 
yeah, all right. <laughs> he tells him where he is. He's like, hey, but go easy on the door. And of course he shows up and like kicks the door down and has a fight with this drug dealer and then throws him out a window just as like uh, the dude from Back to the Future and the other cop are showing up and like uh so they like they're like oh because he's still wanted by the police at this time so they're like oh we got to get jackson and so they go to like run around the hotel to get him and him and vanity jump out the window yeah and are fine and steal a cop car and take off right yeah and then they didn't they drive around with a cop car all night like <laughs> i know i thought i thought it was kind of weird that they're like that's the most conspicuous thing you could drive around but they're like literally driving around all night in like a detroit police car yeah um so then they're like, uh, they had gotten information about where Oliver O'Rooney, O'Rooney, O'Rooney hangs out, which I don't remember who Oliver, who this guy was. I guess he's friends with Coach. I don't know. That's a good question. I don't remember how he knows him. I don't remember the relationship. My, understa- my understanding is, is that Coach wants to kill the head of the like auto workers union and this Oliver O'Rooney is going to take over and basically be his pawn yeah. in the auto workers union right. because he can he'll he'll make him do whatever he wants because the whole thing is that like as he explains a little bit later here is that like the auto union is so powerful that it can basically like influence decisions and presidents and like coach doesn't want to be a president he wants to be a kingmaker he wants to be able to kind of control uh, and put people in places and stuff like that. So, like, this whole thing is about him getting more power uh, to to influence events and people and stuff like right. that. Right. So, um, okay. So they they get O'Rooney out of the bar. They drive out to some weird factory, uh, and he talks to uh, Jackson. But then Coach and the, the invisible dudes, or whatever they are, show up, and they capture Action Jackson, and they, like, take his shirt off and like chain him to some pipes for some reason. I don't know why they take his shirt off other than just to show that like Carl Weathers is ripped. <laughs> that dude is jacked, right? Like super jacked. Like he is, he's cut. His arms are huge. He's got a six pack. Yeah. Like that dude is good shape. Um, so they're going to, like, oh, go ahead. I, I wondered why they didn't try to build off that. Maybe build off. Isn't the right word. Like, again, it's, like, you're not getting, like, his, like, physique, like, his body, you know, which I think, like, in an action movie, maybe you could use that, you know? Like, show, like, a dude is shredder and it has a body on him, you know? And, like, with, yeah. like, the hand-to-hand combat and stuff, again, it's, like, almost the climax. I mean, maybe not that far, but it felt super deep in the movie, and they're just letting you know, like, yeah, dude's got a body on him, you know? So, yeah. again, it's the thing I wondered, like, why didn't we learn about this earlier, you know? Maybe That's a good again, question. Learn about it isn't the word, like, we already knew. Yeah. But why didn't you like show the viewers, you know, and like let them know like, yeah, a guy takes care of himself, like guy can hold it down, you know. That's a good well, question I, because it, if you look at like Stallone almost never wears a shirt in any of his movies. Schwarzenegger constantly had no shirt on in most of his movies. And this is that same time frame. Well, I, I think and again, I don't I, I feel like I'm in the I keep jumping to the defense of this movie. But if I had to think of a reason, I think what, what I would say about this movie is that it starts off and he's, like, on the sidelines. He's on this desk job, and he's no longer Action Jackson. They're like, put that action shit behind you. So I think the movie's supposed to unfold as, like, he's slowly getting back to his form as being Action Jackson. You know, like, he oh, was maybe. kind of stuck at this desk job. And you know that they – I mean, I think it's, it comes up in the notes, but they wanted this movie to be a franchise. So I think the thinking was, like, 
this is his transformation back into action Jackson from being on the sidelines. And then as the series goes forward, then we're like introduced to him. You know, this is almost like an origin story in some regards. So that's why it was kind of like he's getting back his mojo, if you will. And by the end, he's full on like doing his doing his stuff like he did before he got like bumped down to sergeant. That would be my explanation for it. Whether or not it's good, good one or not, but that's what I'm kind of thinking they want to do, that he's slowly drawn back into this, like, larger-than-life character that everyone knows him as. I think it's a really good explanation. I didn't know. I don't know how I would have missed it, the thing about the franchise thing. So, like you said, with the origin story aspect, you know, if that was the uh, if that was the hope or, like, the intent. Like, looking back on this as more like an origin story kind of situation makes a lot more sense to me, you know? Yeah, well, because they definitely uh, wanted it to be a franchise. So I could see if it's like, hey, like, we make Action Jackson 2 and he's, like, full bore again and we don't have to go through all this, you know? Like, I I don't know. that That's my thinking of kind of is. Because if you think about it from where we're introduced to him at the beginning of the movie and, like, by the end when the partner gives him the gun and he, like, you know, like, I think that's kind of like a slow build toward him becoming, like, almost... <laughs> Maybe I'm giving this movie too much credit, but I feel like it's almost like a slow build to him becoming that larger-than-life character that the cops at the beginning are telling, like, the stories about. And by the end of the movie, he is that guy, and he's, like, doing all this stuff. That's how I would describe it. That makes sense. So, so anyways, um, uh, they're going to make it look – they're going to kill that head of the union. They're going to make it look like uh, Jackson did it. Um (laughs) So this part is so dumb. They go to do this. They're going to kill Action Jackson. They're going to like, uh, oh, sorry, I said his full name again. They're going to burn him alive and then make it look like he blew up in a car crash. But then Vanity's bodyguard is there. He shows up to save him. He's standing, I don't know, in some rafters. He says, hello, I'm Mr. Ed, drops down from the rafters and starts beating these guys up. And I'm literally like, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) Like, why does he say, hello, my name is Mr. Ed? Like, I get the reference, but why? I have no idea. But then we're getting into the action, though. Well, it's true, yeah, because, like, him, that that's when him and, like, Jackson, they just, like, team up, and they're beating up guys, and he, like, lights that one guy on fire, and then, like, he blows another guy up with, like, a grenade launcher, I think, and he has that line where it's, like, I feel like the one-liners in this movie are terrible. He's, like, how do you like your ribs? And he blows that guy up with the, because earlier they're, like, oh, it's going to be a barbecue because they're going to light him on fire, but it's, like... <laughs> I don't know, but again, like overkill, they shoot him with that grenade launcher and he literally like disintegrates, I feel like, when they shoot that guy with it. Um, Okay, cut to the final scene of this movie. They're at the party where they're going to try and murder the head of the union. Uh, Jackson's there. He brings the kid, the, the purse stealer from the beginning of the movie, who also worked at the hotel. We forgot to mention that. I don't know why that kid's there. I still can't remember. But also the uh, funny-talking guy from the uh, from the hotel and the uh, Mr. Ed guy are there with them. Um, oh, Mr. And, by the way, Mr. Ed's name is Ed. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, Maybe the, oh, I guess that's why he says hello, I'm Mr. Ed. Yeah. Um, so also, they, all we're in Texas, black tie event. Oh, yeah. It's true. Like, they, they had time to all go get tuxes before this event, which it seemed like it was kind of a time crunch, but I don't know. Um, 
So, like, they're going to try and kill uh, the, the head of the union. I can't remember his name. Uh, but they stop him. Uh, it, that's kind of uh, not a very dramatic ending. He, like, flips him out of the tree and he, like, lands on something that impales him. I was kind of confused yeah. by what goes on with that. Um, and then, okay. <laughs> so, Craig T. Nelson, coach, takes off into his house. Vanity's got there. Uh, Action Jackson, sorry, sees that she's up there. And, like, this is when he runs into his old partner. And he's like, oh, what's going on? And then he's like, ah, I got to get him. And the, his partner's like, ah, fuck it, and throws him his gun. <laughs> Action Jackson, sorry, Jackson, gets in the car. He drives the car into the house, right? Which at first I'm like, okay, he drove into the house. That seems unnecessary. He drives it into one of the bad guys. I'm like, okay, that's what the scene is. No. Then he, he drives his car up the stairs. And I'm like, okay, I don't know if this car could fit up the stairs, but okay, that's where we are. And he's driving it down the hallway of Craig T. Nelson's house. And I'm like, there's no way like this car spinning down the hallway hallway of this house like he's just driving it like he's on a road like down the hallway up the stairs I was, it's so dumb yeah you know, and we talked about this in the last movie we did with the with the batmobile on the rooftops like that floor is not gonna hold that car like that car's pretty heavy yeah no agreed and it's not gonna fit no. Up the stairs, down the hallway. But, I mean, it's, it's kind of fun. Because then he busts into the room to save Vanity. Him and Coach have a fight. Those vaunted uh, karate martial arts skills come into play. They have, a, they have a pretty big fight. And then he ends up, like, shooting Coach. And then I was like, I do like that little bit where Vanity's like, oh, I can't believe, like, you got him before he shot you. And he's like, no, he shot me. And he's got, like, a bullet hole in his shoulder. Um, uh, the sergeant or his captain shows up and I don't know how, but everyone seems to just know it's like, ah, you were right. He was like, he's dead. And like, I feel like, I don't know where the, where it swung that everyone knew that like coach was a bad guy. I know outside, like when the guy got shot, someone yelled like coach did it or whatever. But like, I don't understand where it flipped, where everyone was like, oh yeah, he's a bad guy. You know, like I didn't quite get that. Yeah. It's real shoddy police work. Like, so and then like so then like so then like uh the captain tells him he's like oh i want to report on this first thing at my desk tomorrow lieutenant and he's like i guess i'm a lieutenant again and then like him and vanity's like hey good news i'm not addicted to drugs anymore <laughs> and cold turkey and then they kiss and that's the end of the movie they play the herbie hancock song again Did I miss miss anything? No, you didn't miss anything in that ridiculous (laughs) wrap up of an ending. Like (laughs) let's tie up all the threads in the last like 30 seconds of this film. Uh, You're definitely not guilty. Uh, We're definitely going to promote you. Uh, Vanity is definitely not hooked on drugs anymore. And now you guys are uh, a happy couple and uh, congratulations. (laughs) I will say it was wild because I was watching this movie. Like I said, I was finishing in this afternoon and I had to pause it because I had to go do something else. And literally there was less than 10 minutes left. And I was like, this movie doesn't seem like it's wrapped up. It was like right before he killed like the, the, the guy in the tree, the sniper. And like so much happens in the last like, I don't know, five to seven minutes of this movie. <laughs> that I was like, man, I was I feel like they were like 
oh man, we got to finish this movie. So it's like, just have all this stuff happens. I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the ending works. It does feel a little rushed. And you know me, I'm usually a fan of shorter movies, but I was like, yeah, maybe, maybe go to an hour and 45 minutes. But, I, um, I might be confused. Like, did Coach have his goons, like the, the men in black or the ninjas or whatever we want to refer to them as, the guys that are extra? Did he have them still kill the president guy? Or like, did somebody get murdered in the middle of that party and it was the, like, you the, get a lot of witnesses? The president got the president guy got shot but not killed. Like okay. uh, Jackson altered his shot enough where it just shot him in the shoulder. But then, like, it was weird because then, like, the, the kid from the beginning started yelling, like, oh, Delaplane did Delaplane, whatever, I'm saying it wrong. Delaplane did it. And then everyone's like, oh, he did it. But I'm like, what do you mean he did it? Like, the dude clearly got shot in the shoulder. And, like, Delaplane didn't have a gun in his hand. So I I don't know. I think I think the Union president got shot but not killed because Jackson altered the trajectory of the sniper's shot. Yep, I agree. Yeah. So, okay, does anybody have anything else? Do you got any role reversals for us, I have LBJ? no role reversals for this. Um, yeah, no, I've got, I've got nothing. Like, there was not a lot. Uh, there was surprisingly not a lot in this movie. I, I thought maybe there might be more information, but I just couldn't find a whole lot about it. Well, it, it's funny because we were talking about it last episode. How I said, like the, the like I printed out the info for uh, Batman Begins, and it was twenty two pages. There is barely two whole pages for Action Jackson. It's like a page and a half, and there's not a lot of insight into it. You know, we mentioned some of it that this idea came about on the set of Predator. Um, the the dance choreography was done by Paula Abdul for the movie. Oh, so yeah. there's there's. There's something, uh, this is considered a cult hit. You know, we kind of touched on that. But, yeah, a lot of it is like, hey, both uh, Robert Davi and Mel- uh, Mary Ellen Trainer were in Goonies. So it's like, there just was not a lot to dig up about this. So, can you? And I kind of feel like, well, go ahead. Can you name the other movie we've done in this podcast where Paula Abdul has done the choreography for it? feel like i'm gonna be mad when i don't i don't remember this it's got to be something in the like the eight late 80s early uh-huh. 90s god what's something that would have had choreography in it oh, i'm gonna be so mad just tell me it's running man <laughs> that is right that is right oh man but yeah it's kind of weird like this is like just a movie where it's like i it's weird because it's like it, it comes out in the heyday of like action movies i feel like you know yeah. but it's kind of like i don't know it's just kind of like forgotten you know like it's not it, 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 it maybe rightfully so but it's not like you know i don't know this movie's weird it's kind of a weird anomaly i can't quite i mean and i'll touch on it here when we do our kind of like ratings here but it's like i can't quite put my finger on it what what what's going on with this movie right yeah all right, well, all right. let's just get to the rating then we'll do that Okay. All right, we'll, we'll get to the rating. Let me, let me let me hit the music. All right. I mean, you're on a roll. Do you want to just go first? Yeah, I'll, I'll go first. Sorry. So I, I'm, like, really kind of torn on this movie because, like, on one hand, it's ridiculous and it's dumb. <laughs> and it, like, I, some of it doesn't make sense. And I feel like it's kind of rushed. But also, on the other hand, like, I didn't 
dislike watching it. Like, I if I kind of get in my mind that they weren't that they were trying to make like in some ways they were trying to make like a tongue in cheek thing. Like I, I, that's what I don't know. I don't know how much of this are supposed to take serious. Like, did they think they were making like, we're making like a straight up action movie or were they like, Hey, wink, wink, we're kind of making an action movie, but also it's going to purposely be like a little ridiculous and over the top and like larger than life. Like, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that, if that's what they intended, Uh, but I didn't, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. But I would say if you haven't seen it, like maybe check it out. If you're a fan of like your diehards and your predators and all those like lethal weapons and stuff like that, this is very much a movie like those. Like it's a late 80s, early 90s action movie. It has all those cliches. (coughs) Excuse me. Carl Weathers, he is great in this movie. I love Carl Weathers in this movie. He is he is charismatic. He is great in this role. I kind of wish they would have made another one, but I think I'm going to go kind of right down the middle and give this two and a half machine guns. Cause I, I do think it's worth watching, but I also think it has a lot of flaws. Okay. That's fair. AJ, do you want to go next? Do you want me to go next? You go on next. All right. Um, yeah, Joe, I'm right with you. Like it's, it's, <clears throat> you're right. It's one of those enjoyable movies to watch, but it does have a lot of issues to it. Um, and Carl Weathers is great in this. Like, I really enjoy Carl Weathers in this. Uh, I like Bill Duke in this, too. Bill Duke is kind of great in everything. Um, yeah. I don't even mind Craig T. Nelson. Like, No, it is weird to see him play a villain, but I, I did like him in this. It is. Like, like you know, silly karate fighting aside, um, <laughs> I think he's a great villain. Um, I think Sharon Stone's actually really good in this, too. Like, I don't have any problem with the acting except maybe Vanity. Vanity's, you know, now that I think about it, Vanity's she's, not, she's not, she's not she's bad not either. Terrible. Like all the acting is good in this. The plot doesn't make any sense, but a lot of the plot, the plot in a lot of action movies doesn't make sense. Um, but there's just something missing from this movie. I don't know what it is, but something's just not quite right with it to make it a great movie. But I definitely think people should watch it. I'm going to go a little bit higher than you. I'm going to go three machine guns just because there's a lot more to like than there is to dislike in this. Yeah, you know, I, and I and I, w- I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Like, I was kind of back and forth. I, I could easily see this being a three machine gun movie. Yep. So I'm not, I, I wouldn't think that's crazy. AJ? Yeah, I think uh, it's tough with, like, the action, the word action being in the title, you know? <laughs> And I didn't feel like there was as much action as I expected. Um, so I think that, for me, would kind of be the hang-up. That, for me, would kind of be what would uh, what would hold me back from giving it, like, a higher rating, a higher um, number of machine guns, you know? Mm-hmm. I definitely appreciate the reminder and, and Joe sharing about how possible, like, origin story, like, possible, like, trying to make a series, trying to make a franchise, you know? In that situation, um, it does make more sense to me. And like you talked about, like maybe he did need to be like more reserved and more held back earlier on, you know, and then get to flourish a little bit and like loosen up a little bit and lean more into that like action part of himself as we got close to the climax, you know. But for me, just having the ninety minutes with him, you know, um, so yeah, and like I think I was more bored than I expected to, you know. I think like hopping on the cast. I mean, usually regardless of the quality of the film, like it's going to be an action film. So 
I'm, I don't expect to be bored. You know, like I do expect to like be engaged and at least have like martial arts to look at or like explosions to look at, you know? Um, so maybe I just wanted more of those guys with the grenade launchers. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> I'm nitpicking, but, but you know, at the same time um, to try and get to like a rating, you know, and like some final thoughts, Carl, I'm happy for you that you did have a lead role, you know, talking to you guys, like I'm not as familiar with the genre. So I didn't know like how big of a deal he was, you know, like as a casual fan, I knew that he did the Rocky thing, you know, and I knew that he did the Predator thing, you know, um, and I saw him in the Mandalorian, but I really don't know much about his career outside of those things. So, Carl, if this is kind of your one chance to get to be the lead dude in a genre that you're kind of like known for, good for you. So, like LPJ said, like, Carl, you did your thing and I'm happy for you. Um, I would agree with you guys about the rest of the acting, too. You know, I, I don't think it's on them. They probably did what they could with what they were given. But I... I think I was just, I was kind of bored. And I just kind of wanted more action out of it. Personal opinion. I, I'd probably, I guess I'd go two. Like I could probably bump it up to two and a half. Like it was all right. You know, I, it's a, I don't want to make it sound like it's a bad movie. You know, I don't want to make it sound like I'm upset that I watched it. You know, I think like you guys said, there's totally reasons to watch it. It's totally serviceable, you know, but um, yeah, did like words you guys also use like middle of the road you know i think that was joe he was saying he was going to call it like down the middle or like middle of the road so like two two and a half um because carl got his lead role and carl i'm happy for you for that and because you guys did mention the actors do what they could what they were given i'll i'll go two and a half i was going to go two but i'll go two and a half for it right down the middle all right that's fair yeah and i i and i and i think you know i think the potential of this movie is greater than what it delivers like i i think that there's like i do think i really do think if they had been able to make a sequel like let's say they made a sequel two years later brought back carl weathers he's fully formed into the character they want him to be and you can get right into it like i think i don't know i think they slow played it a little too much to your point aj where like the last 20 minutes of the movie they're basically cramming in like 80 percent of the actual action in the movie you know like where if they would have like balanced it a little more i don't know i think it would have played a little better i think i think i i think that they slow played it too much and then kind of were like oh it's a 90 minute movie cram all this in and then it's kind of like all right well yeah so i i i think a sequel would have been great this is kind of middle of the road yeah and and, and you know to your point aj you're right. This was kind of Carl Weathers' big shot, but I feel like he should have gotten more. You know, I, I he is he is kind of an iconic '80s action actor, but he really doesn't have that big marquee kind of film. He's always, you know, the other guy in in the movie, and and it's sad because Carl Weathers is great. Like I love Carl Weathers, and he is a legitimate leading man action star or at least you know if he were to do it <clears throat> if he were you know 39 now like he was 39 when he made this movie if he were 39 now i think he'd be huge but mm-hmm. you know it just it, unfortunately i think he was just two decades too early you know that's that's well, my like thought he, on it and if he was 39 like he looked a mate like he looked great for 39 like yeah. joe pointed out like dude had a body on him you know oh yeah yeah he's he's jacked but no i i, I think ultimately i would say like yeah if you're if you're a fan of like 
action movies, especially like that late eighties, early ninety kind of period, I would seek this out and watch it. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I think you'll enjoy it. It could have a little more action, but I definitely think this is one that if you're a big fan of this genre and you haven't seen it, I would watch it. Yep. That's how I feel about it. All right, let's get some some plugs in here. Uh, we are the Last Action Podcast. We come to you every Monday, wherever podcasts are available, and especially on the GameZilla Media Network, where you can go to the GameZillaMedia.com, scroll down to the bottom of the screen, click on the Discord link, and join our Discord and chat with us. Uh, and, you know, tell us what you think about Carl Weathers, about Action Jackson, about uh, any obscure or underrated action movies you think we should cover. Um we're, we're and don't forget happy. don't and don't forget to post those shirtless pictures of Henry Cavill. Yep, shirtless pictures of Henry Cavill. Joe's really into that. Uh, if you Photoshop <laughs> Joe like into the picture, maybe maybe suckling his teat a little bit. Um, <laughs> okay, okay. Well, that 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 might be one step too far. Oh, just just one step. I mean, uh, I'm okay if I'm in the picture. I don't need to be suckling teats. What's what's Joe's relationship or? Joe's connection with shirtless Henry Cavill. How we were we came up in last week's episode, and somehow the conversation was he was he um, auditioned to play uh, Batman in like the Christopher Nolan movies, and LPJ was like, "Oh, he's probably too big," and I was like, "Well, maybe he wasn't as big as he is now back then." And then we were talking about him shirtless, and we're like, "Oh, if anyone has any proof of what he looked like, post a shirtless picture." So now I apparently, you know, it's just it's going to be a thing. <laughs> But I brought it up again, so it's my fault. So it's one hundred percent your fault. You do this to yourself. Yes, uh, I appreciate the context. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> um, where was I? Oh, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we're all over the place. Um, AJ, any plugs you want to make? Uh if people enjoy watching movies, I would recommend that they use the app Letterboxd. I think Letterboxd is super cool. Um. And I will um, give three shout outs. I will give a shout out to LPJ for having me on the cast. Um, and I'll give a shout out to Joe for letting me be here as well. And um, my girlfriend, Megan, who will probably listen to this and says that she likes listening when I get to be on the cast. I will say hello to Megan. So hi, Megan. Oh, hi, Megan. <laughs> We're happy well, to have always- you here. It's always good yeah, to have you here. It's always good to have you on because I feel like you you offer a very unique perspective, and I love uh, I love talking to you about these movies. I just hope sometime we get a movie that you actually want to watch and to talk to you about because I feel like you get some real stinkers, but um, we can always count on you to bring a unique perspective and ask some good questions. So uh, always great having you on. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. Well then. Wait. Can I ask one more question? One hundred percent. Course. Can you guys both give me like one like goaded like action movie? One what? Do you guys have like? Do you guys both have like a number one for like your, you oh, guys personally? Hundred. Not not maybe. There's several, but I would say as far as action movies go, Commando with Schwarzenegger's great. Um, if you want to see something a little cheesier but great, Roadhouse is a great movie with Patrick Swayze. I mean, T2. T2, Predator. Die Hard. Die Hard, yeah. But uh, really, uh, C- Commando's great. Commando is really good. I think one, if you're looking for one that we've covered in, uh, in more of a modern movie that I think is just a good movie, is uh, Fury Road. Yeah. 
like like Fury Road, sure. like I love that movie. Like that's that's uh, a more modern like that's just a good movie, but also a good action movie. But yep. yeah, I agree. I think of all the ones that we've done, or just in general, the one that's probably the best one that I think doesn't get a lot of the, you know, like kind of uh, build up or bravado or whatever you want to say accolades. is Commando. Yeah, yeah, accolades is Commando. Like Commando is so good. It's like peak Arnold. It's great. I love Commando. I just watched it like probably like a, a couple weeks ago because it was on Hulu and I was like, oh, I haven't watched this in a while. And I just sat down and watched the whole thing again. So, yeah, I, I would say top to bottom, probably the my favorite two movies that we've done that I would watch over and over again of the classic 80s like action genre are Commando and Predator. Like those are really peak. Mm, see, I love see, Die I like Hard Pre- too, but I was going to say Die Hard. I it, to me it's like Die Hard, Predator, T2 and Commando, so. Yeah, no, that and that's a good list. Yeah, I would say it, those are maybe your Mount Rushmore right there. Nice. Well, I have at least seen those, so that makes me feel better. Um <laughs> I have not seen Roadhouse, so I think Roadhouse will be up next. Roadhouse me. is Roadhouse with, is a with, fun within movie. the genre. Roadhouse yeah, is a I, fun I, movie. I appreciate the recommendation. Mm-hmm. I gotta get around to it. I'll tell you what, I'll tell you, even Sphinx liked Roadhouse. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was it was a good day for me when I when I brought that up and he's like, I really liked that movie. I felt I felt vindicated. It was fantastic for me. Yeah. All right. Well, anyway, there we go. Uh, This episode of the Last Action Podcast has been terminated. But we'll be back 